Welcome to the Beyond Belief podcast. We're glad you decided to listen to us today. We have designed this podcast to have a practical conversation about Christianity. Our goal is to make this show relatable, realistic, and relative. We will bring you the gospel of Jesus Christ so you can apply it practically to your life. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey, welcome to the show. This is the Beyond Belief podcast, and this is your host, Bill, and I am joined by Alan. Buddy, how are you? Doing great. <laughs> Happy to be here. <laughs> no, you're not. You yeah, called, you texted me and said, I'm on my way. No, you said OMW, which means it's, I'm in the car driving and I can't type it out because I'm running late. Right. Exactly. Well. Yeah. So anyways, today we have uh, Tim Douglas with us. Uh, he's our guest today. And Tim, how are you? Doing good, man. Doing real good. Cool. So, I really yeah. appreciate you coming on, man. I've been looking at your stuff on Instagram and I know you, or at least you present that you're a very busy man. You look like busy. <laughs> I, I just present it that way. <laughs> well, I tell people all the time, no, it's, a, it's the outside that makes me look busy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I am uh, pretty busy these days. That's for sure. Cool, man. Uh, so tell your story a little bit about yourself, uh, your testimony, if, if you care to share, which we hope you do. Yeah. And then absolutely. Uh, all the other stuff in between, we'll ask you questions along the way. So we may interrupt you and I apologize. It might sound rude to some people, but that's just how we have wow. to roll. Yeah, dude, I, I love that. I, I'm very conversational okay. uh, kind of guy. So, you know, ask away. And if I say something that's kind of sparks a question, feel free to to jump in. I love I love interacting that way. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Tim Douglas, I grew up in the upstate of South Carolina. Uh, when I say upstate, I'm talking like at the foothills of the Appalachians and uh, near Clemson University. Go Tigers. Um, as a matter of fact, that was my backyard. Sorry, guys. No, you're um, good. Man. And so, <laughs> <laughs> you and Jeff um, but, probably have a rivalry. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I grew up in the church. Uh, my family went to the, you know, we always went to church. Uh, we were always doing um, vacation Bible school and all that other stuff. And um, uh, as a matter of fact, we used to go around to, you guys, I don't know how old you guys are, have ever heard of like the Gaither vocal band yeah. um, or the Gaithers. We used to always go watch my my dad and my mom were in a, a band together, a gospel band. And so they would go and we'd watch the Gaithers all the time. And uh, back cool. in the day, you know, Michael English and all those guys. Yeah. So. So grew up around that environment, but then through high school, you know, kind of started um, exploring, you know, other had some friends that uh, were not as much into the church and uh, kind of did their own things and, you know, kind of started following, following them and started following what they were doing instead of following what Jesus was doing, to be honest with you. And it's so, always the friends that get us in trouble. Yeah, man. It, it's always the, I always say, We've always said this, you know, you've probably heard it too. Show me your friends. I'll show you your future. Yeah. And I think there's some truth to that, but I think that's, there's not a lot of truth to that, to be honest with you, because I think, um, that is your future if you choose it to be, sure, um, but we have the power to, to change that we have the, you know, and so that was my, that was my path though, as I kind of got off on the track where, you know, I, I went with the friends and ran around with the friends, which were, you know, uh, somewhat partier partiers. They, you know, they, we didn't party super hard, but we like 
you know, we drank and did things like that. And, and that got me off track through high school and then into some college. So I went off to school and man, I was doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Like we, we used to do this thing called juking where, and I'll say it because you can't do it anymore um, because they caught on to it. So I'm not like exposing any kind of uh, crime, which hopefully none of your listeners should be into anyway. (laughs) But but we used to call it juking. And I started it in high school because my buddy uh, that I grew up with, and we were like best friends and uh, brothers, essentially. He went off to college before I did. And he learned this while he was there. And he'd come back and and you put a dollar bill in there and press down the coin return and it would give you 50 cents back. And, and then, uh, you know, of course. Right. So what they decided to do was like, what if we pulled the dollar back out? Would it still give us credit? So they learned how to tape on the back of a dollar, put tape on there long enough to let it go in and then pull it back out. And it would bring a dollar, right? It would give you a credit. It's like you're whispering. So, you're, I mean, no, I can hear, no, no, I just meant like, it's like, you're like, so, and then. (laughs) Well, you know, it is kind of secretive, right? So like, (laughs) it was secretive. You should have seen us trying to do this stuff. But anyway, long story short. Like, I hope my wife's not here. (laughs) No, my kids are listening. No. So it was, but it was just this thing that, you know, we would, uh, we would juke what we call juking. And we would, we would go up and down the coast of South Carolina and we would stay in places would change. And the people would look at us like, are you serious? You're going to pay for a room, a hotel room would change. Yes. we're paying. <laughs> And oh so cause that's all we had. That's all we had, man. We'd ring those things dry until we hit nickels. And then we're like, oh, forget this. Um, because it takes too long, you know, 20, 20, yeah, 20 bucks kings. and nickels. Is yeah, that's, yeah, that's crazy. So anyway, so we would do this and, and it just kind of kept escalating, you know, it's those things like the little foxes, right. That yeah. keeps spoiling the vine. And, and it was just the little things that just kept, kept notching away. And then it, they just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I don't know if you guys remember now I'm going to date myself. When my kids were little, the uh, veggie tales was new and, uh, uh, Liberal Lou or something like that. Well, anyway, as he told a lie, he just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until he's this big monster. And that's kind of the way like my life was kind of escalating to the point of where the friends that I was with were talking about, oh, so now we're we're stealing stuff out of cars, you know, like the yeah. little um uh radar detectors. We'd smash windows, get radar detectors. If some of us needed a tire or something, instead of going down to the shop and buying one, we'd go through these neighborhoods and find, oh hey, there's a car, same make, same model, jack it up, go NASCAR style, rip the tire off, boom, gone. You know? And then it kind of started escalating to like, oh man, what if we could, you know, hit a bank? And I was like, whoa, we're yeah, I was right hoping side. that story was going to end right there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, and we have to take a break. No, we're escalating a little too far. You yeah. know, that's when, you know, yeah. um, my good buddy, uh, Chad, Wright, He always talks about, um, being turned over to a reprobate mind, right. Mm-hmm. Where our, our mind is, is, or our conscious is seared. And thankfully, even though I was down a path of destruction and not serving God, it didn't get seared. You know, yet. it didn't, it hadn't got seared. And so I had that thought, you know, that conscious thought of like, whoa, okay, that's, that's crossing the line. That's, that's, there's no way I'm doing that. And a lot of people don't and stop there. No, they don't. They continue. And so I just think, you know, obviously, you know, looking back, you know, I, 
there was a moment, you know, fast forward, let me fast forward. Um, I wasn't serving God. I decided to leave. Um, as a matter of fact, that was a Bible school, by the way, um, (laughs) that I was attending. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and so I leave the school because I figure like, if I stay here, it's not going to be good for me. So I had the conscious and the, the awareness to leave. So I go back home, go to work. And then my dad gets remarried out in Northern California. So I go out to Northern California. And while I'm there, I meet these pastors. And so I'm living out there. And all of a sudden, this one particular weekend, and I'm not serving God right now. I'm not even reading my Bible. I have a Bible, but I'm not reading one. And it's it's deer hunting season. And um, family comes in from all over. Uh, and this is a family that I don't really know. I've just, my dad married into the family. and I'm. Now living with them clear across on the other side of the country, out in California. Again, I grew up in South Carolina, so I decided, hey, let's move away from everything that's distracted me. And I'm going to move out here onto this this uh, ranch and where there's nothing but cattle and, <laughs> and horses and hay. So um, anyway, so family comes in and we're out on this ranch, which is 7,000 acres. Wow. Wow. And we're tootling around looking for some deer and I'm sitting between a husband and a wife and the husband looks over at me and he says, uh, so Tim, you read your Bible much? And I was like, well, that's a weird <laughs> question to ask somebody you don't even know. You know, I'm like, well, no, no, I, I've got one, but I don't, cause he asked, he goes, do you have one? I said, yeah. I said, I just don't read it. And she was like, so then she jumps in and she was like, so then are you going to church anywhere? And I was like, no, no. She was like, to squirm a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like, you should. I was like, he was like, yep, you should. And that was it. That was all they said. That's wow. called the seed. Yeah. 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 That's all they said. And I was just like, just like squirming. Right. And so we get back to the house and this is several hours later. Um, and I can't even, she, she said, she, she followed up with another question. And then, so that was early in the week. So let me fast forward towards the end of the week. There's always this quote unquote buck hunters ball, right? So the buck hunters of the Valley all come together and have this ball, which really turns into a brawl um, because everybody (laughs) gets hammered and it just, you know, they fights break out, yada, yada, yada. So um, I get a call out of the blue from my uh, um, step, you know, grandmother, I guess she would be. It was my dad's wife's mom. So, yeah. Um, and so she calls me up because she lives there in the valley. And she says, hey, Tim. She goes, hey, I just wanted to let you know that the church in town is is having um, uh, some skits, some people from Tennessee coming in to do these skits. And she goes, I just thought, um, I just thought to invite you. I thought it would be great for you. And I was like, okay, thanks. Flick. And then, um, I, you know, basically I'll think about it. And then within a half an hour later, I get a yell, Hey Tim, Sue's on her way to pick you up. (laughs) And so she was, yeah, I was like, what? So she came, picked me up, dropped me off. Oh, okay. I did not know any, you know, she wasn't even going in there. She was just like, you need to be here. I just feel like, you know, picking you up and taking you here. And I was like, okay. They call that an invention. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) hundred percent. And so here I am, uh, uh, 
you know, I, so I get there and the pastors of a church that married my dad and uh, stepmom was was there. And so they knew me. Um, and so they were like, hey, Tim, you can sit with us. Oh, yeah. This was all planned. Yeah. Um, so I'm sitting there and the skits go on, you know, and I just feel like God, you know, like when everything else closes in and it's like you're the only person it's like i'm talking to you yeah this right. is for you yeah. the a skit was like this is you yeah that's you yeah. that's you and so then at the end they they did an altar call and uh the pastor's wife she leans over she goes i'll go up there with you if you want to go and I was like, what? <laughs> so, um, like, Are you talking to no, me? <laughs> no pressure, of course. Right. right. And so, but you know, it's so true because God was definitely pulling on my heart and I knew it and she knew it. And so I'm so thankful that she pulled, you know, you know, pulled me to uh, go up there, you know, nudged me enough to like, yeah. okay, I'll go, let's go. Yeah. And, and it didn't take much. It was like, I was, God was already working on me, of course. And so, um, so I go, uh, rededicate my life, you know, because like I said, I grew up in a church, you know, grew up, um, serving God to some extent, you know, uh, well, let me back up. I don't want to say I grew up serving God because I did it. I grew up going to church. I grew up in right. the church. I yeah. grew up in a church family, but I didn't know what it was like to really quote unquote, serve God. And, and so, um, that was the, that was that moment, right? That was that moment there where now I'm, I'm choosing to serve him. I'm yeah, choosing giving to your life over to Christ. Yes. A hundred percent. Now I was baptized and did all that stuff in the church as a kid, but no, now it's real. And so I started attending the church and next thing you know, um, fast forward a couple months, um, we have a, a, a someone coming through, a, um, a, you know, pastor, or, you know, guy who's really uh, moved very well in the prophetic world. And so he came in and he was teaching, you know, for the weekend. He just says, I, I just feel like God would put on my heart to mentor you and to take you with me on this road trip that I have planned. And so we talked to the pastors. They felt they felt good about it. Um, you know, bared witness with that. And so I, <laughs> I packed up and, and, uh, went on this road trip with him and it was amazing. It was really a very, uh, kind of, a baptism by fire, so to speak, as far as into the, the, the world of spiritual warfare yeah. and really understanding like what that is about and really, um, learned a lot on that trip. I met my wife on that trip. Sounds like Didn't a know it at the time. Yeah. Yeah, it totally was. It was like, you know, going before and making disciples. He was yeah. making a disciple yeah. for sure. Awesome. And uh, so long story short, um, I ended up moving to Portland because Portland was one of our stops. That's where I met my wife. We left. Um, we exchanged mailing addresses because there was no internet at the time. And, uh, and so we stayed in touch and then I ended up moving to Portland and started attending the church there. My wife, that was, that was December of 92 when we met. And, you know, so all this was happening in 92, December of 93, my wife and I were married, um, at that church. So April of 93, I moved back to Portland. Uh, so pretty fast. Right. Yeah. And then, uh, so we started serving in the church, uh, immediately. And, 
so ever since then, it's just been kind of a growth process from that. We, you know, served in pretty much every area of ministry, uh, you know, including leadership within the church, you know, uh, moving from Portland in 2010 to Boise, Idaho, to plant a church uh, with another family. Wow. And so we, we planted the church in Boise, which is still there today. Um, my wife and I have since moved to, um, to uh, South Carolina, back to South Carolina. And so to redeem and to honor my parents, you know, the Bible never talks about, you know, stopping honoring your parents. It just says honor your parents. That's right. Yeah. You know, and so um, we were able to honor her mom and dad, you know, until they both passed. And so then we we're set in a position to like, okay, is it time to go back? You know, I was out there 27 years um, in the Northwest. And after 27 years, moved back to South Carolina. Uh, June will be two years ago. And so we've been really serving God ever since. And, and, uh, yeah, that's the testimony, man. There's a lot there, but we're still chewing on it, man. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's good. You know, I have a similar story and I'm not going to go into my whole thing, but it, when I was younger, it mirrored yours. You know, I went to vacation mm-hmm. Bible school, went to church, yeah. Uh, my grandparents had an active role in my faith and uh, I did the whole baptism thing, but I never understood the salvation part. Like I didn't, yeah. I didn't get it. You know, I, I knew, yeah. I knew it was a, a church function, you know, mm. but it, it happened in the church for me when I was very young. So I, I was never uh, saved, born again, a believer really yeah. until, you know, I walked away for a long time. I'm 51. And for mm. years I you know, I was away from the church. And then two years ago, uh, I had a, had a thing in my life that, that, you know, put me on my knees before God. And yeah, when that happens, Alan always says, uh, what is it? I had never say it right. Um, your life may be, is that the one? Yeah. Your life may be the only Bible that other people read. No, not that one. Mm. Oh, that's good. Don't get me that's wrong. Pretty that's pretty dang good, good though. <laughs> <laughs> no, what, what was well, it? The then, one that uh, say, you'll go on your knees before. Oh, God will, you'll get to your knees on your own or God will drive you to your knees. Yeah. He will put a reason in your life yeah. that will make you. And him. so there's, and my, here's my after, so two years, uh, I turned to God. <laughs> I turned to, to Jesus as my savior and put my faith and trust yeah. in him. and for me, there's only, there's only two ways people will run towards God or they'll run away from God. And I spent mm-hmm. a majority of my life, my brother, uh, tried to, you know, do the plan of salvation with me, convince me that Christ was away. And I was just always like, yeah, I'm good, man. Thanks. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so it, it mirrors kind of, kind of your thing. Now you took it a step further and went and opened some churches and went in the ministry, uh, through the church, which is amazing. Um, what did, what do you feel like for, and this is where this question or where this was coming to, where do you feel like the turning point in your life was to, to go and say, I need to have a relationship with God. It's not about the religion. Um, great question. I think the turning point for me was just a, an experience that only I can. Yeah. I could have experienced. And that was, it wasn't anything that really tragic or, you know, or anything like that. It was just, so it was, here's, here's the deal. So, you know, sitting there in that church, you know, 
I, you know, felt like that tug, you know, I was running, I would say the same, you know, just what you're saying. I was running. I mean, who, who still has their Bible with them? And well, I would say many people, right. Who still have their Bible with them. It's still on their desk or still on their bookshelf or still somewhere in their life It's still somewhere in their home. And yet they're, they're not living for God. Right. So yeah. there is still some, some tie to it, right. Their hand is still within reach of the Bible, you know, the thing that can change their life. And so that's where I was, you know, I had, you know, uh, you know, I think a lot of guys struggle with this. I, you know, I, <laughs> I you know, would get into, obviously, you know, pornography was a big thing too, you know, yeah. with, through all that, you can't sin and not have, you know, <laughs> some of those things in your life. It's sure. just like right. the yeah. devil gets in and he'll, he'll find every little aspect to try to keep you away from it. And that was one of them. And, and it was like, I had, you know, where I was going with this is I had this moment after that where I just felt like God was calling me, talking me, Hey, I'll go up there if you want to go up there. So I go up there and rededicate my life, but okay, now what? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I think now everybody what? thinks that there's like, there has to be some crazy moment really. I mean, for well, me, yeah, there was, I mean, there, there yeah. was, but I don't think it has to be like a tragedy no, or no, it doesn't. So for me, check this out. So I'm sitting there now. I don't recall how soon or how, how, long after this weekend, this occurred. I, I just don't have the recollection of that, but it was fairly soon after that. We'll say days, right? It doesn't matter for the story. We'll say days. It, it, it might even just been the next day. I don't, I just yeah, don't right. recall, but I'm sitting there. I'm folding clothes in my room, up, up, you know, at my, uh, my uncle's house. I'm living there on the ranch. This is in Northern California. I'm folding my clothes and I hear, read your Bible. I'm like, what? Like I turned around. I mean, it was so, so like real to me. Like I just felt like, what? There's, there's somebody in my room. And I'm like, oh, that, that was weird. And then I go and fold my clothes, read your Bible. You need to read your Bible. And I was like, okay, okay. I need to read my Bible. So I'm like, well, the whole thing, <laughs> you know, I'm yeah, like, right. what do I, like, do you what need do a I, bigger clue? What I, <laughs> yeah. What do I, where do I begin? And then I hear Romans read Romans. And I was like, okay. So, and I turned to Romans and I'm sitting there. I'm like, well, crap again, do I read the whole thing? <laughs> you know, Roman, where do I begin? Romans in Romans? Road, right? <laughs> and so I started, I started reading the, the, the table of contents and I got to chapter six yep. right there. And I was just like, Oh my gosh. So I started reading chapter six and I was just, I just broke. I just broke. And it was just, you know, it was like, again, like God was speaking to me, you know, that now I am free from all of the sin. I'm free from all of the yeah. bondage, all of the things that was holding me back. I am now free from all of that. Yeah. You actually and, went to him with a clean heart now. Yeah. And it was just, it was just so powerful moment. And so for me, I think that was the, that was the big turning point. Um, yeah. You know, if I could say that, you yeah. know, a turning point in my life that, that, that was, that was it big time. And that was like, okay, he was real to me. Right. Everything else is dead. Old Tim is dead. Right. Now it's this new life. 
And that's what I just felt like in that moment. It was just like, boom, the Holy Spirit just dropped inside that room. You could feel it. It was, I mean, it was just like amazing. And so it was that experience for me that just was that turning point. Sometimes I think you have to be willing to listen Mm -hmm. in order to hear it. You know, a lot of us, like for me all my life, I I didn't not believe in God. Like I believed in God. I believed in heaven and hell. Uh, You know, I went to church. But for me, it was just like, yeah, you know, whatever. And I hate to be dismissive even in this conversation now because my life is uh, 180 degrees the other way, full steam ahead, full of fire. You know, I don't I don't see myself going any other direction. But I think for, you know, a lot of people, it comes at different times in their lives when their hearts Mm -hmm. really receive it, you know, and you just received it earlier. And I know people, I have an 11 year old, he's, he's received, I mean, he's on fire for God and for That's an 11 awesome. year old. Yeah. Yeah, man. I yeah. Mean, but you know, they see it in other people's lives. Like Alan saw it in his dad and his grandfather. My, mm-hmm. my son sees it in mine. And so it becomes a draw for them. You put God at the front, everything else will start to fall in line, but people have a hard time 100%. putting it at the front of their lives. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what is the front, right? I mean, <laughs> in front of everything you do. Yeah. Yeah. Everything, you know, and it's just, I was just reading this morning in uh, Proverbs where it's talking about, you know, a man's plans seem right. And, you know, I'm going to butcher it, but, you know, it's basically (laughs) the the man's plans seem right in his own eyes. Right. But God's the one who's directing our steps. And I think the the idea of that is we, we, we have a plan or we have like with our business or the direction that we want to go for our life here on, cause we do have free will. We have the decision to make those things, but God gives us the desires to now say, okay, these are the, this is the, this is the plan that I want. But when we submit that plan to him, that's when I believe, and that the Bible's clear on that is like when, when we submit that plan to him, now that's when we're successful. It's like when we try to go off and create these plans that, that are not submissive to that's right. What he would want. That's when we start finding or bumping up against challenges and issues that that really aren't necessary per se, you know, and we have to check ourselves and go, okay, how much have I submitted this to, to God? Because I've made those types of moves. Like, oh, Hey, I, I think, yeah. Hey, let's go this direction. I think this would be good to do. And then not even pray about it. Right. You Actually, know, and I think there's no submissive. Absolutely. Actually, I lived much of my life in, in a fallacy, you know, thinking, well, I'll, I'll get this lined up and then I'll, you know, get my life right and I'll turn to God yeah. or, you know, well, it, you know, if we wait for anything to be perfect, it will never happen. Yeah. But, you know, I kept moving the mark. I was like, well, you know, I got to get this right. I need to accomplish this or whatever. Tomorrow. Yeah, always <laughs> tomorrow. And it was such a fallacy. I'll stop doing it tomorrow. And then yeah. once I realized, you know, I watched my father, you know, his whole life, he was very Christ centered and, um, I watched him and I, I just, when he passed, I just knew that I needed to turn my life around. Like tomorrow was now it it needed to happen now. And Mm -hmm. then that's when I started, you know, um, putting God first and, and well, I didn't put him first immediately, but this is when I started working toward that. And now all the other stuff works out. It's yeah. just amazing when you yeah. do put God first. Yeah. 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 Seek ye first. Right. I mean, yes. that's just this man, that just kind of kept coming up big and big and big uh, yeah. you know, through the end of last year. It's like, seek ye first. I kept hearing that so many times, you know? Oh. 
You have to, uh, yeah, I say have to, I mean, everybody can do whatever they want. That's why the free will is there, but yeah. you'll really start to see God work in your life when you allow him to. The submission mm. part is huge, but you have to be obedient. Yeah. You know, you can't go yeah. out and say, Hey God, I'm going to do this. However, hold on a second. Like I, yeah. I still want to be able to do this. Um, you know, you have to submit. That doesn't mean sitting home, laying on the couch and waiting for faith no. to work. Right. That no. means, you know, right. like you submit to God in his will for your finances, for your marriage, mm. for your family, yeah. for your, you know, uh, being yoked with uh, like believers. You know, you know, yeah. if you, if you go out there and still hang out with the guys you hung out with in high school and college, like, come on, man. Like we all know, right. like, that's just not going to work out. You know? Yeah. They, totally. <laughs> you have to be, you have to change a lot of things in your life. And I say, you know, you, you know, I said this yesterday, uh, with Alan, you can't, the Bible doesn't command horrible things like go out and be a bad person, go out and, you know, bring shame to your family, go out and, and sin mm -hmm. abundantly. You know, those <clears throat> commands aren't in the Bible for a reason. Cause God doesn't believe that's going to make your life point back to him and give him glory. Right. So those, those aren't things that we should be doing. We're going to sin. We're just, you know, I told Alan this the other day. I mean, I can go outside right now and I feel very competent that there's still things I do. Like, don't get me wrong. There's still things that I do that aren't uh, good in the eyes of God, but it's not mm -hmm. like the sin I carried for years. Yeah. Right. You know, it's yeah. just not it's that It's not stuff. the lifestyle. Nah, right. right. No, this is the lifestyle. Yeah. We're going to make yeah. mistakes and fall. It's right. whether or not we get back up. Like mm. that's the deal. If we stay down there and we're still doing the stuff we shouldn't be doing, well, we're not living for God. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's funny as you were saying that it just reminded me of, you know, and I don't, I'm, please forgive me. I'm not trying to <laughs> drop anything here, but I just, you know, the inspired way, it's kind of the podcast, yeah, um, I was going to ask that I do. And, and what I was hearing was, as you were saying that is like the inspired way is to surrender. Everything is to, yeah. you know, it's not, you know, nobody goes out there to seek to have a bad life. Nobody goes out there to seek to be the worst husband, the worst father, you know, uh, to be the best drunk. You know, I don't think sure. that that's, you know, and if we looked at, you know, our lives in that way, it's like, that's not very inspiring. You know, the inspired way is to go the way that God would have us, you know, what he's called us to. And, um, and so anyway, it just, no, I, you know, I just, I agree. And I, I think, I think a lot deeper than some people do. And I know Alan does for sure. And that's why we started this whole thing is because, mm. you know, we just, it's so hard. I lived for a long time in my life. Uh, and it sounds like you did the same. I know Alan did. Um, it's not that we sit out there and think, man, I'm just going to go out and screw up today. We, in our mind, it wasn't, you know, we weren't aware of the living for God and, and living our lives for him. We yeah. lived our lives for us. And so it didn't appear bad to us. We listen, we know we're right from wrong. We're not idiots, but mm -hmm. at the same time, we justify things. You know, we were able to justify mine was drinking, man. I mean, I had a, I had a, I was an alcoholic. I'm not going to make mm. excuses for it. Those were decisions I made before I decided to turn to God. You know, yeah. those were things I did. I put in my life purposely. I knew the consequences. I knew the things that it would do. So it's not like I can sit here and, and blame somebody else for it or make excuses for it. 
you know, but that's when you turn your life to Christ, you purposely have to do that with intent. It's not like, well, I'll just read for a little while today. That right. gets you started, but that doesn't get you there. No. Like you have to commit to a relationship. Religion's all the other well, stuff. It's the Bible yeah. on the table. <laughs> it's going to church. Uh, yeah. Half-heartedly just showing up. Well, I think that part of that, part of what you're saying there to me anyway, is intentionality, you know, mm-hmm. and having some intention to, to have a life of, of serving God. And what does that look like? Well, it means, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm putting the word in each day. I'm praying, you know, the Bible talks about praying without ceasing. That's right. And what does that look like? You know, that sounds exhausting, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. but at the same time, it's like, and so I'm like, Hey, thank you, Lord, you know, for, for this or that, or thank you for, you know, um, protecting me in this situation that just happened, you know, when I'm driving or whatever. And it's this constant communication, but it starts by priming, you know, this is funny. Tony Robbins talks about priming every day, you know, so like priming your thoughts and talks about how, you know, affirmations and things like that to kind of prime your mind or prime your day to start out well. Same is true for us who are believers. And it's priming our mind, it's priming our spirit and our soul for a good day. And that is starting out the seeking E first, seeking first. And so for me, it's like being intentional about doing my devotional, reading the scriptures, you know, um, and, and communion, being in communion with other like-minded believers. And I think that is key to, and, and if, if someone's struggling with that, I think it's, it's finding something that, you know, habits, habits are built by consistency. Yeah. Through training, you know, you not build by, better habits not by, by training yourself. So yeah. And it's consistency and consistent training. Like it, when you miss one. Yeah. Okay. Now you got to start. It's, it, yeah. No. And so you've got to keep going. And I think even if it's the smallest thing, you know, like, um, this will sound crazy, but there was this guy who was trying to, he, he, you know, struggled with flossing his teeth. And so he's like, I'm just going to floss one tooth a day and I'm going to resist doing anything else, but floss, I'm just going to floss one tooth. So he flossed that one tooth. How weird did that feel? <laughs> it felt really weird to just floss the one, right. but it's like, I don't want to get overwhelmed and go, Oh, I got to floss every single day, my, my entire amount, you know, but right. over time, what he found was, is that now he's just flossing his entire, you know, every tooth. Because it's just the thing that it just, it's just what he does every day. Yeah. I use, you know, I use this, try putting your belt on the opposite mm. way. Like seriously, as a new believer, it's that uncomfortable, but over time, yeah. you don't even think twice about it. You, you don't even, it yeah. It's just the way you do it. Exactly. Yeah. It's like yeah. when you switch from, you know, wearing your watch on your right arm to your left arm, you know, or wrist, you know, it's like, that feels very weird and awkward or like yeah. you leave it at home. Oh, that's a great yeah. example. You leave it at home. You feel super naked without it. Yeah. Yeah. But over I mean, time, if you keep doing it, the next thing you know, it's like, oh, it's just, it's just part. Now, when you go to put that watch back on, now it feels even, it feels weird as well. The hardest part is starting. I mean, that's the yeah, hardest yeah. part with any of the stuff that Yeah, I, I believe there's core things you have to do. You need to get in your Bible. You need to pray. Yeah. You need to align yourselves with uh, like-minded believers. You need to go mm-hmm. to church, you know, that, mm-hmm. and, and you need to bring it in your family. If you have a family, yeah. you're accountable. Um, yeah. 
you know, and that's the standard you have to set and it has to be set right away. You can't, you can't yes. say, well, in a few months, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to try to introduce this and you know, well, in a few months, you might not have that time. Right. Well, actually, I think your Can brother I? said it perfectly when he said it's planning and priorities. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It's what you make important. If I don't make God important in my life or uh, the principles and teachings of Jesus Christ, then who is? I don't want somebody yeah. else coming here and making it important. Yeah. No. So you're no, and I, it, Well, I, you know, I don't, yeah, I don't. Uh, bottom line is we need to be the leaders of our homes. And, and for many years, I, I wasn't that. So spiritual leaders, I think our wives want yeah. that desperately. Yeah, I wasn't either. Desperately. And, um, you know, I still, you know, to this day struggle with some of that. And I think that is one of the, the greatest tactics of the enemy is to get the men to not lead in our homes. Right. And so yeah. where, what I was going to say that that was just a little, that that was just bonus for what I was actually going to say. Cause right. I was t- debating on whether I go there or not, because it is kind of, um, might, might be a little controversial, um, because you, you said something about going to church and I totally agree a hundred percent, but I had a conversation with my son here recently and, um, who's not currently serving God. You know, he grew up in the church, grew up, you know, um, you know, taught well, taught right, you know, the things of God, yada, yada, yada. But yet I didn't, I didn't model it in our home. Yeah. And so here we are having this conversation just, just a couple of weeks ago. And he said, well, he said something and he goes, even, even you guys. And I go, well, oh, something about what others would expect him to do. Like he's doing what he wants to do, but he goes, I think others would have their own ideas of what I should do. And I was like, oh, really? I said, so what would mom and dad's idea of you be? And he goes, well, I think you guys look at me and think that I need to be in church and I need to be, you know, serving in the church and da, 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 da. And I said, "Mm, no, you'd be wrong. And he said, what? And I said, he goes, that I'm, I'm, you wouldn't. And I said, well, let me put it this way. The church is not the end all be all. Your relationship with Christ is. Yeah, absolutely. First yeah. and foremost, you need to get your heart right with God. Yeah, man. And, and you need to be serving him and, and listening to, because, you know, he's speaking to you. You just need to be obedient to what the Holy Spirit is telling you. And, and I said, that is above church. Right. The fact that the church fact is a that piece he, of it. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. just, and it's I told not, him that, I said, that augments. No, that's just the augmentation. That's just the, the, the assembly is, is to, is the encouragement of, and, and for the strengthening of, but not to, to replace or to be, you know, but, and, and it was just saddened. I was saddened a bit because I'm like, that's what he, that's what he picked up. That's well, what he caught. Listen, and most of America thinks that institutional religion right. has made the church the thing. It's it. Yeah. Well, 
this is what this is and I had this conversation with a pastor <laughs> recently and um <clears throat> the problem and I am sorry we're going down yeah, this go, whole route yeah. but um the problem that you know the church right now I see that one of the things that I've seen and I've been listen now I I feel like I have some place some some clout to say this because I've served in church leadership for 20 plus years 25 years <laughs> And I've seen it. And it's like right now, I feel like the church is is designed so that it it is almost essentially <laughs> now this will cross some this will probably piss a few people off and probably won't get any followers off of this, which is okay. But it's almost like the government to where it's like reliant. Now people are reliant on the church for their spiritual issues. And right. I, I totally agree. And, you know, uh, the preacher, the best preacher in the world can only take a person so far. Yeah. That person has to let's establish that relationship and maintain that relationship yes. with God through Jesus on his own. You can't go yes. to church three days a week and, and fulfill everything that we should be doing as followers of Christ. Yeah. We need to, we need to walk that walk every day, everywhere that we go, everything that we do. You know why, you know, you, you say it, it's, it might be controversial. And then Alan and I both, you know, our heads spun over here. Cause we're like, uh Oh, <laughs> right. but it's, but it's not <laughs> You're really, like, where's it going? <laughs> it, it, it's become mainstream, man. Like it is, it, it's it is. truly, I believe, listen, I wholeheartedly, and Alan and I both do, we believe in the function of the church. Yes. There is a, there is a purpose for the church. I think you should be in the presence of somebody that's going to preach God's word from the Bible yeah. uh, and, and will be used by God. But what happens is we begin to place too much emphasis on the people, the man. Yeah. Uh, yes. And, and they're on a pedestal. <laughs> well, and unfortunately in some situations that feeds into them. And it yep. becomes, and so the institution of the church now becomes institutionalized and more emphasis 100%. is placed on the building, uh, the people that are there and, you know, and I'm not, oh. I'm not knocking anything. I'm just saying that's what, that's what society's done. Yeah. No, that's there. Yeah. Um, and I am frantically keep going. I'm frantically looking for something. When you said institutionalized, yeah. I'm like, oh my goodness, I need to read something to you, but keep going. Yeah. I just want to make sure, I just want to make sure when you mentioned about your prayer life, I just want to make sure that, uh, for us, and I don't know how you pray and I, and it, and that's up to you. That's you going to God, how you go to God is not uh, the same, how we go to God, but that's how you've established that you go, uh, between you and God in prayer. I just want to bring up a point about prayer. Prayer to me is extremely important. I have, I have conversations with God throughout the day, all day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I know it's impossible. Listen, for us to sit here and say that you could stop everything you're doing and, and not function in life, you, you would not be functional, but you can consciously have God at the front of your, your mind throughout the day. You yeah. can make decisions based on, you know, you know, how would this glorify God? You know, am I in his will or mine? And that's kind of what I was getting at, uh, that I was going to bring up when you said the prayer thing before I'm in prayer with yeah. you throughout the whole day. Now, oh, yeah. It doesn't mean I'm not doing so, a functional task where I have to use my brain and, you know, I just stop using my brain. It, that's not possible, but 
uh, prayer is very important. Alan and I both, we, uh, we be, believe tremendously. Alan uh, prays for hours sometimes and yeah. I'm not there yet. That's not, I'm not there and I'll be willing to admit my shortcomings. Well, and I think, you know, there is that time for interceding, right? Where we need to intercede. I'm, I'm in that situation, you know, for my family right now, you know, um, and I need to take some time to like really carve out some time to just pray and intercede on their behalf. Yeah. Um, and, and that takes, that takes time for you to schedule, you know, moments where it's just you and God and it's you kind of like grabbing hold of the, you know, the throne and so to speak, and just really caught crying out to God on, on, on someone's behalf because they need you yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> to do that. Yeah. And, yeah. and my grandparents, you said something earlier about your grandparents, you know, you knew that they were serving and, and this, that, and the other. When I got to a place, my, my, my grandmother was passing and I flew back to be, to see her before she, before she passed and she couldn't speak. And so I just told her, I said, grandma, I said, thank you. Thank you for praying for me all those years. Yeah. I said, because it was for you that I believe that I'm here serving God today. Yeah. And, and so, you know, we don't know the power of our prayers and the, the impact that we're having. And <clears throat> sometimes um, I think a majority of the time our, our prayers are super selfish, but if we were to just, you know, find someone to fight for, yeah, you know, and pray for, man, the impact that we have on the kingdom is, is, is so much greater. And we don't even, and the cool part about it is we don't even have to know what that impact is. We just know that the power of prayer is happening. And sometimes you might never see it. Exactly. And, and, and you don't even know like the consequential effect that it has. It might not even be the person you're praying about. God may use that person nope. to affect somebody else's yep. life. I mean, we, it's just, well, we, we need more prayer warriors in this yeah. world. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, yep. so check this out. I don't know if you guys know, um, Lance Wallenau. Anyway, he, um, he was sitting there, he was praying one day and, and, and the Lord brought some, you know, an opportunity to him. He's like, Lord, I didn't pray for this. And he was like, yeah, you did. So it was like in his prayer time, it was like the things that we don't even realize that we're praying for, we, you know, we're actually praying, you know, and so it's like the power of what we, what we're doing. so anyway, um, prayer is very important, man. And I think extremely. that, uh, I think any one piece, if you focus too much attention on it, takes it away from God. I think everything that we do as far as church, uh, worship, prayer, being in our, in our Bible, being around people that are like-minded like us, other believers, those yeah. are all very important. But if you start to put more emphasis on, you know, small groups and, and placing everything there, then your Bible uh, time goes away. Your prayer time starts yeah. to fall off and you're taking focus off of God, man. He, that has to be the most important thing that our focus is on and it'll yeah. affect all those other areas for sure. 100%. 100%. So you were going to read something? Did you find yeah, it? Yeah, um, I did. I didn't. Um, okay. I didn't find it. Um, okay. But it basically was revelation. I can remember parts of it. It was like, 
revelation, you know, from God turns into inspiration. Inspiration turns into implementation. Implementation turns into, um, and then it goes institutionalized, um, standard, standardized, institutionalized, and then and then it just it just breaks down from there. Once it hits institutionalization, it just starts going yeah. downhill. And we actually and had, the, that's funny. No, I was just saying you you have to once you start hitting that institu- institutionalization piece. Oh, then there's at the end is crystallization. That's the end. I was like, oh, um, but the power is when you go back to revelation, right? And inspiration, because I love the the term inspiration or in, inspire. Really, um, the definition for me, if you look it up. Um, I think it's like the third definition down. It's the divine breathed into. So it's like God breathing life into you. So like there's revelation, revelation from God. And then that inspiration is where he's breathing his breath into you for the ideas, for the ideation. You're right. So it's like giving you the wisdom to create, find, you know, what, what does the Bible talks about? Um, um, the, uh, basically to gain wealth, giving you the wisdom to gain. Do, yeah, gosh, I forgot this scripture. I can't believe it. Anyway. It's okay. Um, <laughs> when when yeah. you're looking for it, so, you can't find right, it. Definitely. Exactly. Yeah. So, but anyway, um, it's like, we have to be aware of that institutionalized when we've, when we've gotten to that place, because you know, that it's just leading to downhill after that. Right. So, well, actually you and I and Bill were talking before we started recording, you know, how, denominations and this was brought up yesterday with jd how denominations actually implement divisions you know we have and it's unfortunate because the goal should be heaven and having that relationship with god through jesus christ but these all these denominations put different um, rules and regulations on it when it should be the bible should be the rule book it shouldn't be yeah this or that or whatever. And actually I wanted to share something with you. You, you said you've been uh, serving for like 25 years. I actually recently had someone tell me that um, a person can't share the gospel of Jesus Christ unless they are part of a church. And I think mm. that's ludicrous. I, that's just, yeah. I mean, I, I just can't, <laughs> well, even they can't move. go out and perform the great commission. But Unless I don't. They're a part of. Why? A why? Why is that? I mean, because yeah, that's Jesus actually said, a go, question. Yep. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, go doesn't yeah. have anything attached to it in the Bible. No. Right? No. There's Let me, not, if I may. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tony Robbins, and I, I'm not a like huge, huge, huge Tony Robbins fans, but I, you know, hey, he's got, I've listened to him and I've read some of his books, but I just love this scenario because it's so true. He. This is when NLP, which is a neuralistic. Uh, uh, neuralistic programming language program. So anyway, um, um, he, uh, was going to get certified. This was years and years ago when it was first coming out, you know, da, 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 da. And there was all these like professional, uh, um, therapists and, you know, all these people there and counselors and such. And so day three, he's like, Oh my gosh, this could change people's lives. This information, if they just had this information, this could change their lives. So day three, night three, he goes after that day, he goes in, he goes across the street to the Denny's where he's staying and he, and he, um, 
he just walks up to a, a guy and he says, Hey, I'm here to change, um, change your life forever. Um, tell me your problems and I'll help you out. Blah, blah, blah. Or something along to that effect. Right. And so the guy was like, well, this is weird, but he just did it. Right. And, and so, and he, so he goes back the next day, day four. Oh my gosh, you won't believe it. I, I helped a guy out last night. You know, he shared his problems with me and I used these things that I've learned in the first three days and, and it's, it radically changed this man's life. Now, granted, you know, we don't know where that guy ended up, of course, right? But right, right. the fact was, is that he shared that information that he had learned. And the, the Pharisees, the Pharisees said, sorry, you can't do that. You've got to wait until you're certified. Right. to share that information, right? So it was the Pharisees of the day. It was the people, it was these, these, the therapists right. and this, you yeah. know, the psychiatrists, yeah. all these people who were, right. who were schooled, right? Yeah. So to speak, who were like, no, sorry, you can't go do that. And he was like, well, wait a minute here. I don't need a certification to go change someone's lives. Exactly. If I've got the knowledge or if I've got the experience to go help someone, I'm going to help, I'm going to help them. I'm not going to keep it in for the next eight weeks until I'm quote unquote certified. Right. This can radically change his life today. I'm going to do it. Well, and so yeah, to back to that point is like the word of God that, that we have just, even if you dedicated your life to Christ right now today, and that experience that I had in my bedroom almost 30 years ago, 92, oh, well, how many years is that? Yeah. 29 years ago. That that experience I had in that bedroom, the very next day or that same night, I could have went and shared it with somebody and changed their lives. Right. Absolutely. Right. And you're exactly right, because Bill and I are all the time saying we are not theologians. We are not preachers. We are not that knowledgeable, uh, but we have had the experience. And that's all we're trying yeah. to do is share the experience. Um, yeah. We're not going to get scriptures, right? We're not going to know every scripture that pertains to a certain situation, but we have had an experience and we just want to share that and help other people that are looking or have had the same situations as we have that we've saw the answer or, yeah. you know, came out on the other side. You know, an interesting thing is a lot of people believe, and I don't know if this is the way, uh, institutional religion has, has made it nowadays. I don't know, uh, where they believe that, you know, you, you have to go to church in order to get your salvation and somebody yeah. has to lead you there, you know, and I, we talked to a, a young lady the other day who is, I mean, she is well-versed in uh, the Bible and grew up in the church and in a Christian school. Uh, and she, you know, she had a bad taste in her mouth for religion. Now, can mm -hmm. she, can she determine the path to salvation on her own? Absolutely. Alan and I both sat here and said, yeah, she doesn't need us to tell yeah. her. She's yeah, probably right. more well-versed in it than we are. Uh, you know, Romans road and the plan of salvation and the gospel, yeah. you know, she could go that whole route. So I don't, you know, if I had the wherewithal, I could have read the Bible myself without my brother's assistance to point it out, you know, like the steps that I needed to really put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I think people think it's a step process and, and you need help with it. And, and it's yeah. not your testimony alone, man. I mean, our testimony, people's testimony can be uh, their witness to somebody their testimony of how their life has changed yeah. uh, and how they uh, 
sought after eternal salvation. And that's why we think this is so important because not everyone's going to relate to that preacher that's teaching in front of their church, but they may relate to Bill and I that are just, you know, had that experience, but have been in the world and they're like, wow, I can relate to that. Um, yeah, and that's, that's why we're trying to share a lot of different. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And Tim, um, you know, was, that's just why we want to share other people's experiences with everyone that we can. Your story because, about your son uh, yeah. coming to you and his perception of what you yeah. two believed of him or thought of his direction or path is interesting mm. to me because we don't take that into account sometimes on how people uh, are receiving stuff from us when it really, we're not even really presenting it to them. Right. Um, right. <clears throat> yeah. Like he thought talk. that we should. The church that was the we answer. We would think that he was, yeah, the church is the answer. And you know, it's, it's not. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, church is not the answer. And I know that uh, the pastors all the listening are like cringing, but that's okay. Sure. Cause it's not right. Jesus is yeah. the answer. That's right. Well, we're not and, talking to them anyway. We're talking to the sinners. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, yeah, I don't think know, a lot of pastors are going to listen to this no, podcast. And, 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 and I had this conversation with um, one of my friends who was a pastor and he, he did. Uh, so I, I said this to another leader and this is what he didn't, he didn't appreciate <laughs> is in the middle of a, we were doing a, you know, it was a leadership retreat and we're sitting there and one of the, one of the guys there, one of the leaders, his heart wasn't there. His heart was to, he was feeling like God was leading him um, somewhere else to serve or to actually to um, go into another state and serve, you know, there. And, and that's where his heart was. And I just flat out told him like, dude, go where your heart is, go where God is leading you. Right. Right. Because he's staying here because he felt quote unquote obligated to, to the church that he was attending. And I'm like, dude, you're being a disservice to one, the calling that God has called you to and the people that he's calling you to. Nobody can tell you and uh, no. where God is calling you to only you yeah. can. Right. And so I said, I said, if your heart is there, you need to be there. You know, because your heart's not here. And when you're not here, you're doing us a disservice. Absolutely. And that did not settle well. Right. Because it's but that's the truth. And that, that's the part where I say, like, OK, if your heart's not in this church, then go somewhere where it needs to be. But don't be here stirring up the waters and making things muddy and creating division. Right. You know, right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Go where go anybody. where you feel like your heart is. It's not. Yeah. And so. um but first and foremost, we need to be about what, you know, God would have us doing or what Jesus, you know, and that's, that's first and foremost in our lives, not. Um, yeah. And he know. sounds like he, yeah. he was, he was hearing it for himself. He was just listening to what others right. wanted for him. Well, yeah. Yeah. We need to serve God, not man. We need to, you that's know, right. that's because yeah. man is fallible. They're going to make mistakes. And if we're following that man and not God, it could lead us astray. It's, yeah, I don't even totally. know where it's at in the Bible. You know, uh, the blind man's going to lead the blind into a, a, into a ditch. I mean, it's just if you're following somebody that's not following God, you're going to be in the wrong place anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, totally. Well, actually, Tim, I have a question. Um, what advice would you have for someone that is uh, maybe listening to this and they're not sure of their walk or they haven't established a walk yet? 
Uh, good question. You know, I would, um, well, the fact that they're actually asking or questioning, there's, there's some hope, right? Right. Um, yeah. I think that's the key is, you know, even if there's some question or some doubt, um, not to beat ourselves up over that, but to, to, to hone in on the fact that there is an opening and to allow, you know, that water to get inside there into that crack and right. to soften the rest. And, uh, I think, you know, if, if someone is struggling with their walk, um, the person I, I'm huge on accountability. I, I haven't always been, um, but I, I just have seen it play out so well in my life, but I know that takes, it takes a lot of courage to do that, to be accountable to someone. Right. And that's a whole nother topic, but it's, it's just something that I feel like, you know, if you're struggling, find someone that, that is, you know, maybe not even because it's intimidating to go to somebody that seems, seems as though they've got it all figured out. Yeah. That could, that's intimidating. So I'm not suggesting that you go find somebody that's got it figured out and, and ask them. I mean, if you have the courage to do that, great. But find somebody that's that's maybe the next step ahead of where you are. Right. Yeah. yeah. They just you need know, to keep like, it right. It's just that next step. What's that next step that I need to do to get closer? Yep. Yeah. You know, and 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 obviously pray, you know, and just ask God, like ask God, be like, God, I, I need you. I need you. And it's funny. Um, that's part of the faith walk, right? I mean, it's just, we might not see things happen in the, in our timing or in the time that we think like, okay, God, I need you. And then all of a sudden something bad happens that happened to somebody that I just recently knew. Right. Like they're crying out, God, I need you. And then all of a sudden tragedy hit them. Yeah. And they're like, God, where are you? Like, right. what the heck? Yeah. And then two days later, they get blessed beyond their, you know, their imagination. And it's like, just because trials come, James one says, count it all joy when the testing of your faith, right? When knowing right. that the testing of your faith, so that your endurance may be complete. And right. when your endurance is complete, you you need nothing and lack anything. And, and so it's the, it's the, it's the, understanding that trials are going to come, things are going to come, life's going to be bad, even though I'm seeking God out, even though like, Lord, I don't know what to do next. I'm as lost as a goose in a storm, but I just, I need you. Right. Just have faith, continue to keep pressing forward, forward, always forward movement, keep making forward movement, even if it's the smallest step. Yeah, those um, are all and I just say, pray man. and just keep Keep, you know, in touch with someone, someone that, that you do feel safe because that's the other thing is judgment. We talked about that offline. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think judgment is huge in the church. Yeah. Huge, huge, huge problem inside the church. And it's one of the strongholds that I believe the devil has yeah. on us is that we judge people for, for their sin and we judge people for the situation that they're in. So find somebody that has a safe place for you. You feel safe to, to open up and to share like, Hey, this is what I'm struggling with. And I, right. I want help. I want, you know, yeah. uh, to see God. I want to hear God. I want to feel him. Yeah. Um, but I just don't know what to do. Find that person. Be in his word. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. In, in the word. 
And I said this the other day, you know, we need more people within churches instead of, because there, I believe there are divisions within divisions, you know, within a church, you know, you have the division of the, the denomination and then you have cliques within that and everything. So yes, people are judged and stuff. We need more people in churches that instead of pointing the person to the line to walk, to be a Christ-like person, we need more people to put their arm around them and be like, hey, let me walk this walk with you. Yeah. Instead of, you know, just trying to get somebody else in line and yeah. not helping them along. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and the truth of the matter is, is they are <laughs> here. Let me help you get this in line when you've got stuff in your own life that you're, you're not even dealing with right. or you're struggling yeah. with. Yeah. And I think that is that, you know, it's like take the plank out of your own eye. Yes, um, absolutely. You know, but before we start picking at the speck, yeah. but the, the problem is, is the courage and man, gosh, we're, we're, um, I think that's just, that's just one of the challenges that I've seen and face it even within leadership is people do put people on a pedestal you know, like one of, you know, I've having a conversation with my pastor at one time and he was explaining to me that he was struggling like big time, like mentally, like mental health issues. Right. And I'm like, bro, like what the heck? Like, why aren't you saying anything? Why didn't you tell me? You know? And the whole thing is, is I've got to be I've got to present myself in such a way because this is what they expect. Now right. that is, might not have been his exact words, but that's essentially what he was saying is like, people expect me to be perfect. Right. So yeah, I've I can't got to go out there. Can you have... imagine the weight, the, yeah. the weight of that man? Pastors have yeah. so much weight on them, right? right? The mantle, the, the mantle and the, the, the authority that is given to them under God and the, 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 the Bible is very clear about teachers as you teach. And this is something that I've thought about as a podcaster, you know, and Jeff and I, who now, you know, we, we do the mighty warrior council together, which is, which is a personal professional development platform, but we base it all off of biblical principles and biblical, um, you know, so scripturally based. Yeah. So it's, it's also spiritual development and we call it the mighty warrior council. And I thought about this. I'm like, Dude, we're putting ourselves in a role of teaching. We're putting ourselves in a role of leading others. There's a greater um, responsibility. There's yeah. a greater accountability yep. from God in that situation. And Absolutely. so I don't know why I went off on all that, but no, <laughs> it's, it's like, fine. It's but, fine. But in the church, we need we need people that are like, hey, I'm struggling. I'm struggling too. Let's yeah. walk through this together. Kind of like to your point. Yeah, you're absolutely right. There, there are so many people that are concerned about what other people think yes. instead of being concerned about what God thinks. Because here's the God it's is the fear of man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's the fear of man, yeah. and that is one of the greatest. And that's another great tactic of the devil, of yeah. the enemy. Yeah, is the fear of man. And and uh. it's in says in the Bible, you know, to um, not fear man because all all he can do is kill you. I mean, but God can kill you and, you know, um, send your soul to hell. Yeah. 
Well, he doesn't want to, but that's the reality well, the of Testament it. Testament is real. Well, I think it's an allowance. I don't, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll push back on that if that's okay. But oh, yeah. I don't think God, God sends people or, or, or God kills people. I think it's just, right. it's a, it's allowed, right? It's you, when you yeah. step outside of the covering of right. what God has, you know, said, Hey, you know, when we sin, the Bible's very clear that sin leads to death. Right. Well, that um, yeah, absolutely. sin leads to separation. Yeah, I misspoke. You're absolutely right. I didn't mean to say that um, because it's it's a choice. It's a choice yeah. that God allows us to have. Yeah. So yeah. God doesn't say you're going there. No, we choose that path. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like so. Yeah. It's like this. We we I had a mentor, um, Dr. Ed Cole. Yeah, he's since passed, and so his his um, son uh, Paul Cole is. Um, I now call him my spiritual mentor. Um, he uh, they said this maturity. It's, it's, it's essentially the same thing. Maturity um, does not come with age. Maturity does not come with experience. Maturity does not come with rank or position or anything like that. Maturity comes from the acceptance of responsibility. Absolutely. Yeah. So when you choose to accept the responsibility that's when you mature in that area of your life. So let's take it from a spiritual standpoint in our walk with Christ. So when we choose the responsibility of taking on the responsibility of reading, what does that look like? Reading our Bible, praying, serving, giving, you know, all those things that the Bible calls us to do. When we accept that responsibility, now we're choosing to mature up in that area of our life. When we don't accept that responsibility, we're very immature in that area. Yeah. And so um, same is true with like the responsibility. He's given us that responsibility to choose. (laughs) Yes. You know, the Bible says choose life or death. Yeah. Right. And it's our responsibility to go out and help people choose the right path by living Christ-centered life. Well, and also bringing them the gospel. Yeah. I mean, mean, if we sit here on our hands all day and covet our knowledge, Mm. we're no better than anybody else that has tremendous sin in their life because we're not taking it as we're commissioned to do. Exactly. You know, we're to be witnesses. We'll be undercover Christians. Yeah. Well, (laughs) and that's, that's so true. And and I thought about that even with my podcast, because, you know, we talked off air. My podcast is not a quote unquote Christian podcast. Now, granted, I, I'll share some scripture or I'll share some, some experience or something of those nature, or, you know, might have, you know, a guest will be a Christian. And so it's easier to talk, you know, but, um, I've, I've kind of thought about that. That was like, where's, you know, I'm using it as a ministry field. Cause I am sharing some things, but I'm not like, it's not like quote unquote, a ministry. And so I've been challenged with that a little bit too. It's like, okay, should I be sharing the gospel more? Should I be sharing the goodness of God? We would definitely share the goodness of God because, right, right, the Bible says that it's the, you know, uh, God's goodness is what draws men unto him. And so sharing his goodness and how good he has been to us is what is what will draw man to us. And so, um, but I think, you know, the thing that Jeff and I are working on um, is, you know, is just that it's getting men's hearts back to, um, and what we're finding is men are so hungry for the things of God. Now, yeah. you know, they want, they want it. They, 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 they know they need it. And so, um, that is definitely, you know, quote, right now our ministry field. So, well, it's very cyclic. Like to me, I look at it as we're, we're blessed, uh, by God of talents, like our talents are of God. We, you know, we wouldn't have certain talent, your talents, your, 
your, mm-hmm. the things that you're doing. So for us, it's our, it's the best we can do to use that, to bring glory to him. Yeah. You know, we can sit yes. here and, and do all this stuff. You know, I mean, there's people that are, uh, great speakers, uh, great, uh, financiers, there's, you know, great runners and all this stuff. And, but, but I look, I mean, social media is covered with it, man. Nobody yeah. returns the glory back to God. Right. You know, yeah. they, they'll be post about their everyday life and, and you'll look, man, and there'll be 160 days of them and everything they've done in their life. And they're these great religious, spiritual people, uh, Christians, but none of it returns the glory back to God, mm. you know, and that to me for in, in my life, you know, I ran, I ran a metal business for a little while and, uh, in hopes that people would look at my spiritual life, my relation yeah. to Christ when I did that backwards, man, my, my mm. life is about bringing glory to, to God from what Christ has done in my life, the talents are a blessing from God. You know, that's a reward of God. I've been blessed with that. So, you know, he, he deserves the glory for that. That's the least I can do, you know, and that's the way I look at it. I mean, I didn't mean to go off on that tangent, but that, you know, when you pray about your thing that you're doing and, and putting scripture in there and uh, in an essence, witnessing to people, you're bringing that glory back to God through that. Each and every time you mention it, each and, you know, we yeah. talked before we recorded you, you talk to people, you know, you take the chance to witness to them, you, you know, and, and we do too. We talk to people, not everything makes it to the podcast world, yeah. but right. You know, I mean, you, we still talk to people and we still share our belief system, uh, as Christians yeah. and the Bible, the Bible cover to cover is what we believe in 100%. 100%. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think, you know, to your point, I, I had a conversation with a friend of mine, um, and I'll just drop his name on here because, um, he makes some amazing products. And so I'd love for people to check him out <laughs> Okay, is, um, his name's Shay Butler. Yeah. He makes started knives. following him. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> Shay, and then also single acre hat company, they made my hats, which are amazing as well. So the husband and wife. Um, yep. Yep. yep husband okay. and wife. Yep. Uh, Shay and Carrie. Um, but Shay and I were having this conversation. He was struggling he was struggling with his, with what's his ministry. Like he, he wants to, to, to live a life that's glorifying God. And he's like, and I look at you and I look at Chad and, you know, Chad and Emma got this amazing, you know, platform and they're sharing the gospel and you're doing your thing. And, and he goes, and I just make knives. I just make knives. And it's like, I'm struggling to find like, how do I, you know, where does, where does that? And I said, dude, you are sharing your gifts that God has placed on the inside of you. You're giving your gifts back to the world. And they, they may not know that in totality, right? But it's you honoring God. It's you glorifying God with the gifts that he's put inside of you. And these are gifts that he just recently discovered. Right. So it's this, it's this understanding and this, uh, you know, uh, really this, I don't know what the right word is, but just, just this glorifying him with his talents, you know, and, and, and giving it back. And I said, even just the, sometimes he'll put a script, you know, scripture verse on, yeah. you know, or just the, a reference on his knife blade. And I said, just that, you know, is enough. You don't have to, <clears throat> I said, or share, share little stories about like how, you know, 
this week, how like you were working and then this happened and it just led to, you know, just thoughts that you have about yeah. God. Yeah. You know, so those are ways I think, cause I think that's a struggle with some people like, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, someone in finance or, you know, maybe someone's working on a car, you know, they're a mechanic and it's like, how do that, how does that translate over? Well, the Bible says to do everything unto God, right? So now if I'm giving my gifts and I'm doing this job, unto God, uh, you know, he's going to honor that and he's going to bless that. And others are going to be blessed in the process. Well, God also knows the heart. He doesn't have to, you know, see your social media. You know what I mean? Like he knows your heart in the pureness and the intent, if it's to glorify God. And if, you know, if, if, if the knife guy is going out there and he's, you know, in his heart, he truly is, you know, uh, glorifying God in his personal life and his business life. And even if he doesn't put it out on social media, what I'm saying is a lot of people will profess loudly to be Christians. They'll label themselves Christians. Nothing in their life represents them being a Christian. And yeah. that to me, that I think, uh, that, that's not the cycle. I mean, yeah. we're, we're here because, uh, decisions we made to follow Christ. And if we're going to follow Christ, he needs to be at the center of our lives. Yeah. Uh, totally. Not just, not just use it as a label. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I, I mean, it's not, hey. not a tangent, but that's what, yeah. that's what I believe. Hey, not to circle too far back. Um, yeah. And I don't know where you guys want to go. We next, starting over again. No, <laughs> I did find, uh, I did find that, uh, that series of revelation inspiration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I just wanted yeah. to drop it here. Cause I just, it didn't feel right to leave it. Yeah. Do it. Um, so it goes revelation. Then next is inspiration, formalization, institutionalization, crystallization, and secularization. There you go. <laughs> so now back go. to what we were talking about. There's revelation, right? It's like, we can do this. Uh, uh, inspiration would be, you know, let's get started. Formalization is we did it. We put it yep. into form, you know, it's, it's formalized. Action. Yep. Yeah. Institutionalized. Uh, institutionalization takes is. control of it. Well, we've never done it that way before. Right. Yeah. New ideas can never come in. Right. This is just the way we do it. Crystallization is they'll um, they'll never they'll never do it. And so uh, competition arises, uh, you know, things like that. It is just the cynicism creeps in. Um, fault finding is there. And then next is um, is uh, secularization. You know, just, uh, the bankruptcy or, or, you know, failed businesses, failed marriages. It's, it's just, it's over. Right. It's, it's, yeah. And yeah. I, I think that's the back to where we were at before. It's like institutionalization, crystallization, and then secularization um, in the, in the church. That's the challenge is to, to circle back. Once we hit formalization is to not go institutionalized because I've been in churches where like, this is just the way we've always done it. This is the way we're going to do it. That's toxic and culture, right? That's a toxic culture. So we want to get back to the revelization of God. Like what is revelation? Did you guys catch that? That's a new word that I coined. It's it's revelation. revelation. Yeah. It's revelation. 
Um, but I always say, I don't know why I say that, but I say revelation. So it's revelation and realization. Yeah. So once I've had revelation and then there's realization that I need to change or that I need to do something, it's revelation. Anyway, so. <laughs> no, that's great, <laughs> man. Yeah. Alan just um, wrote it down. So he's yeah. going to go trademark it before you. Yeah. Revelation. Yeah. So it's just right, about, it, it's just about getting back to what God, God would have for us and then getting that inspiration breathed back down into us of what, what's yeah. next. You know, absolutely. Yeah, yeah man. I mean, that, will you say, Hey, can you send me a copy of that? Will you email it to me? Or yeah, can you, absolutely. Or it's, just... it's in, um, my, uh, it's in a book. I'll, I'll, I'll throw the book out. It's called real man. I'll send you a copy though, or okay. send you a picture of it. Yeah. Um, and it's by Ed Cole, Dr. Ed Cole. Okay, cool. So like hey, I said, man, I get a lot from them. I really, I, I can't say thank you enough. I mean, these are just kind of chance encounters. We didn't know you before we called and talked to you today, other than just a kind of a little pre-show, yeah, whatever. But yeah, man, a great story, man. Jeff's a great guy. He's he's connected. Yeah, he's really he's great very guys, cool. Yeah. yeah, and I follow you now on Instagram because I, you know, awesome. I believe you have some cool stuff. I really do. Uh, yeah, you know, man, it's all about it's all about a network and community of people that believe in Jesus Christ. I mean, hundred percent. You know, it's, it's, and we are, you know, not only are we interested in getting the gospel out there and helping other people, but we want other people to come on and share their stories because we believe, you know, that everyone's story is important. It's, it's, Going no. to help somebody else out there. Yeah, you know? no two are the same. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So, absolutely. Well, and that's the reason, you know, my podcast um, is is similar to that. It's like sharing other people's stories and how they've, they've faced the storms of life. And, and so, do you mind if I share that real quick before we bounce? I, you know, no, I go ahead. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. your show, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, the, the podcast is called The Inspired Way. I kind of touched on it earlier, and it is, it's really about the lessons that we can learn by watching a cow and a buffalo and how they face their storms. And um, I learned this many years ago when I was studying leadership. I've you know, always been in leadership, whether it was in a church or leadership within business. And so it's always studying like um, how to be a better leader and, and whatnot. And I heard this story and I'm like, OMG, that is spot on because I've seen so many leaders lead the way the cow leads or the way the cow goes. And that is the cow will see a storm coming and a cow will actually turn the opposite direction of the way the storm's coming. So let's say the storm's blowing east. The cow will start to run east, trying to run away from the storm as fast as it can to avoid the storm. Right. But <laughs> short little legs and fat bodies, cows don't run real fast. And so storms always catching them. So now they're, they're running or they're walking with the storm that they're trying to avoid. They're in the storm now and it's going the same direction as they are. So it increases the amount of time. It increases the amount of stress and it increases the amount of frustration and pain that they have to deal with that storm. Right. Because they're trying to avoid it and it always catches them. I've seen it so many times in my life when I've tried to avoid things. When I've, when I've seen leaders avoid things, yeah, leaders not dealing with stuff in the church and out of the church, you know, in corporate America, right. you know, same thing versus being the buffalo. The buffalo sees the exact same storm, faces the storm, runs towards the storm, runs into the storm. And by doing so, the storm passes over the top of them, decreasing the amount of time, stress and frustration and decreasing the amount of pain that the buffalo has to deal with that exact same storm. 
Yeah. And, you know, we've seen it last year and, you know, with the COVID crud junk, you know, is like we all, most everybody dealt with it differently. That was a storm. Right. And so everybody dealt with it differently. Um, Everybody deals with the storm of the storm is literally anything that we try to avoid in our lives, whether it's Bill and Alan, you guys have a conversation and it doesn't go real well. And Alan's left. Sorry, Alan. Alan is left offended. Right. And Alan doesn't deal with it. He's avoiding having that conversation with you, Bill, and letting him know like what that really meant to him or how he felt through that conversation. Yeah. So like if I have that, it's on me to go to my brother and say, hey, did you mean it that way? Because that that felt like da, 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 da. Or, right. I, you know, I'm trying not to get placed to my feelings or my emotions. Yeah. I'm just trying to say, hey, I, I want some clarity here. Right. Trust versus suspicion. I'm going to trust you that you have my my best interest in mind. Right. And I feel like maybe you just, you know, I'm not may, may not say that, but I'm thinking this. Maybe he just didn't maybe he had a bad morning and, and he just it didn't. It came out wrong. Yeah, right. So instead of sus- suspecting or having suspicion that he's, you know, ill willed and he has the worst, you know, he's mad at me. Or whatever. No, I'm going to go clarify that with him. So that's facing the storm. That's dealing with it. Maybe it's a conversation with our wives right. that we need to have. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, the Bible says, confess your sins or confess your faults to one another. Right. You know, so that's, that's dealing with that. That's that talking about, you know, sin or talking about, like you said earlier, like, what does someone do? That's challenging to face. That's a freaking storm that they're facing. Right. Yeah. Right. They'd much rather go the opposite direction. No, it doesn't They'd much say rather go the way either. No. And so it's like dealing with it and like, okay, what steps can I take to face this storm? Right. And and so and I always say find a herd. Find your herd. You never see one buffalo going into the storm alone. Right. Never. It's always the entire herd running towards the storm. Absolutely. So if you're going into a storm, if you're facing a storm right now, whether it's, it, it, let's just, let's just stay on the physical, the, the spiritual, because there's physical, there's emotional storms, but even a spiritual storm that you're in right now, you need to find your herd. You need to find other people that you feel comfortable with and say, Hey, look, I'm, I'm going in the storm. I need you to be my herd. I need you to be my, I need you to go in a storm with me. And we need people to surround us and say, Hey bro, let's go. We're doing this together. Yeah. absolutely. Kind of to your point earlier, you know, it's like, we need other people in the church to say, Hey, let's go through this together. Yeah. That's yeah. what that's sorry, but that's freaking love. Yeah. yeah. And our Man, herd that's should, what be, love is. should be other believers and like-minded Christians. You know, those are, yeah. You know, the Bible says not to be unequally yoked. You know, it's yeah, it's about being tied together with other believers. Yeah. So they strengthen us, you know, iron sharpeneth iron. Yeah. It's actually funny that you mentioned that the the herd thing, uh, because that's the way I, I owned a tree business for a long time. And that's the way I approached the business and stuff. I would do the worst first. I would just get it out of the way and be done with it and and move on. And I didn't get hung up on like, oh, you know, thinking about avoiding that for as long as I could or whatever, I would just go ahead and do it, get it over with. And it's think about the Yeah. The emotional and mental energy that you're spending by not dealing with it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, 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 the wear and the tear and stress, you know, 
And, you know, I've studied neuroscience and um, positive psychology and a bunch of other stuff like that. And one of the doctors that I follow, he says, if if people could see what actually happens on the inside of the body when they're stressed, they would never stress again. Yeah. Because of the toxins and the things that get released inside the body. Yeah, mine must and, be and, right. and so, yeah, but to that point, it's like the more we avoid things, the more we avoid, you know, doing oh, tough absolutely. situations or something hard, we're internally, subconsciously, we're in turmoil. Yeah. We're, yeah. Our bodies are yeah. in stress. Right. And absolutely. so to alleviate that stress, it's stress inoculation is to do stressful things, yeah. is to do hard things, to That's put right. yourself in hard situations, to have that tough conversation so that when that storm comes up again, again, we're inoculated. We know like, hey, I can do this. I can face this. Yeah. Here's the cool part is being believers. We know who's with us in the storm. That's we right, know who's exactly. like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego looked over and like, whoa, hey, there's a fourth dude here. Right. You know, it's yeah. like when we're in the storm, it's the same same thing, man. Yeah, we can yeah. look over and go, man, Jesus is with me. I know it, you know, cause he's, he's called us to go like through the fix, storms. And we fix our eyes on him. Yeah. Yeah. So Sorry, you got me fired up. Man. I know, man. I, I love that. Tell. Somebody, I, just, way too, somebody but, just shook his bottle. Yeah, I know. And I, <laughs> I hate to shut you down, but, um, you know, we, we need to wrap this up, I guess, for today. Um, I sure. just wanted to ask, um, actually there's two things. And I know Bill hates my two, my two part questions. They end up being like 30. But no, yeah. Um, So actually I would love to have another, um, I would love to talk to you again because there's so many things, you know, um, I'm very interested in the uh, nature versus nurture. And it sounds like maybe you, I mean, nobody has the answer, but you were talking about um, neuroscience and, Mm -hmm. and, um, the behavioral anyway, part of it. Yeah, the behavioral part of that. Nature versus nurture as far as religion, people that grow up in, in households that have been exposed to it their Bro, whole life. that's not even a question. I know, that's not a question. Okay. But anyway, Get to that's, the question. I would love to have another podcast about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then um, the, the question is, is there anything that we can pray about for you? Not We're not going to do it on the show here, but, um, <laughs> you know, just personally. Um, yeah. You know, we just keep you in our prayers. Yeah, awesome. Uh, yeah, absolutely, man. I am in a, I'm in transition, you know, I'm, I, I've been doing engineering work for, you know, nearly 30 years and I'm working on building a coaching practice, um, where I'm, um, coaching individuals, leaders, um, businesses, whomever. So that's, that's my focus is, is coaching. And I love high performance. I love helping people get to high, higher levels of performance in our life. And so I'm in this transition and it's, it's a bit struggle. It's a, it's, it's facing the, it's facing the storm is right. what I'm doing. Yep. And so I'm in the midst of that storm because, um, in that transition, there's also unfortunately some financial you know, hiccups or bumps, you know, and storms. And so I'm counting it all joy knowing that, you know, through all this, that something good, you know, God's got something planned bigger than I could ever imagine. Um, Because I'm imagining some pretty big things and, and it's kind of scary. And so, um, yeah, man. So just, just that, I would say uh, for strength, for, you know, uh, courage to take the steps. Exactly. You know, just, you know, the Bible says that, you know, the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us to all truth. 
So just hearing the all truth, hearing hearing what is truth and what is not, you know, eliminating the distractions. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, great, man. Well, Tim, it was um, it was great talking to you, man. Yeah, man. I'll tell you what, man. Thank you very much for sharing all the information and the stuff that you've done in your life. I, I'm sure without a doubt that it's going to inspire somebody else. Yeah. I'm sure we, we have plenty for more episodes oh, just yeah. with, just with you. Yeah. We'd love yeah. to do it again with you, man. Um, yeah. I would um, love to. I'll reach out to you. I'll send you an email uh, okay. probably tomorrow just to touch base with you. Um, yeah. Follow up, but yeah, we'd love to do it again. If, if you're, if you're down with that. Yeah, totally down with it. And I think something that would go along with what you're talking about here just a moment ago was, uh, you know, soul. I, you know, just last year, I just felt in my spirit, you know, just the word soul. I just kept hearing soul, soul, soul. So I did a, I just studied all about the soul all last year. And I just saw how weak we are as believers in our soul. We take care of our body. We hear about that all the time. Take care of your body. You know, you know, it's the temple, yada, yada, yada. And then your spirit, man, take care of your spirit, man. But the church doesn't do a really good job of the soul and teaching us about the soul and the power. Cause Jesus says you can gain the whole world and lose your soul. Yeah, He's not talking about salvation. He's talking about here on this earth, you know, and having a good life. And so, yeah. um, yeah, man, that would be awesome. It's interesting to think that the soul is what returns to heaven body stays <laughs> here. Yeah. yeah. So we'll leave it on that. So, yes, sir. Sweet, man. Thank you very much. And, uh, I'll you touch base with you tomorrow. All right, buddy. You have Thank a great you guys. day. All right. All right you as well. Thanks. Yeah. Bye. So that's it for this episode. We're glad you listened and hope you'll come back. Visit www.graceworkswithanx.net to listen to past episodes, read our daily devotions, or provide feedback. If you'd like to be a guest on our show, send us a message through Instagram, Facebook, or our website. And if these episodes have been an encouragement to you in any way, please share them. Have a blessed day.